Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, November 28th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 on the FM dial, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Nick Roush and Justin Kalen all here to start your week. And what a show it will be. Kentucky beats Louisville for the fourth straight time. The cards have not beaten Kentucky since 2017. It marks the fourth straight win for Kentucky where they have doubled up UofL or worse. So it's been mostly beatdowns, pretty much entirely beatdowns. If you're getting doubled up, Roush, it's really hard to win the game because not only are you losing, you need double of what you already have to even get back into it. So it was a field goal fest for the Cats. We're going to talk about it. But Louisville loses again, like we all predicted. Wait, Scoots, like we all predicted, right? Uh, yeah, about that. Hand like up. we all hmm. predicted. Hmm. Hand up. Gosh, I, I didn't believe in the late season, Cats. <sighs> Scoots, he hath a little faith. As much as you've talked trash about Louisville all year, you reneged at the worst time. I did. I did. And you really did. Yep. It was disappointing. I'm like, no, I don't like that game though. That game was it was fun. It's fun to to get a win. Um, it uh, it, it still hasn't. the The unfortunate side effect is that like I'm already I, I haven't had a moment to relish in it really. So I'm gonna try to take today to really bask in another Louisville loss. But there's so much off season happenings uh, around the corner that I'm already kind of I've already kind of turned my attention to it, and I don't want to. I want to enjoy a nice Louisville win, even though um, it could have been and should have been much, much worse. Like, they doubled him up, but they could have tripled him up. Um, that's that's how bad the cards were. But, hey, uh, the under still hit, so shout out to Red Zone Rich for that. Uh, yeah, I, I predicted the, the under as well, so uh, good to see that happen. No, you're totally right. The under actually shouldn't have hit. Uh, it should have been in the same category as the last three, where it's just like mm-hmm. a complete and total laugh. Again, if you're getting doubled up, it's, it's it's not a good thing. And really, for the majority, you know, it's almost like 24 minutes 
of the second half, it, it didn't seem like the game was within reason for the most part or within reach for, for U of L. Uh, I'll say this, Ralph, you said you haven't had a chance to relish in it. I, I did. Saturday was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy it. It was a weird day just with personally, just with our plans got switched up at the last moment, uh, but ended up still having a nice time. And, and we'll talk about the game the game day experience, all that good stuff. I will say in my 31 years of living, that was probably the least satisfying UK football win over Louisville. Like I, I'm always going to enjoy them. Always. Right, and right. Maybe that, maybe that 2009 one, I, I would maybe put that one above this one, but this one for me was more just like the, the consequences of a loss would have been horrible. Just would have been horrible. U uh, of L fans would have been incredibly obnoxious. It, the the momentum of each program that wouldn't have been good for anything. It like the the win itself. I don't know. I don't know if it's the season so much. I don't know if it's Scangarello and the offense as much. But it, it's like I like this team. I like the individual players on this team. But this season kind of is what it is. I you wish so differently that two plays and two games had gone different ways. And we're looking at the whole season differently. And, of course, that would be the Ole Miss and the Vanderbilt game where UK one one play in each game cost Kentucky. Um, a couple one plays in the Ole Miss game. A couple one plays in the Vanderbilt game, all things considered. But uh, one play specifically in both those games, and we're looking at the season entirely differently. But I don't know. I usually am, like, skipping out of the stadium when Kentucky beats Louisville, whether it's at Cardinal Stadium or uh, at the Krogue. But – Saturday was just kind of frustrating, Roush. I'm right there with you in the sense that it should have been more. The halftime mood was like UK was down 30 despite the Cats actually winning or being up at that point. So it was just kind of like a nervous energy, I think. And then once the game was over, fans were able to let their hair down a little bit, enjoy it a little bit more. But the consequences of losing far, far, I think, outweighed maybe the satisfaction of winning. And the good news is I don't have to worry about the former and get to enjoy the latter, and uh, it'll be another year before the Cards get a chance to end this streak against the Cats, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and and, and I think it, in part, like, like you kind of alluded to, it was the way that Kentucky won because they had I, – I, I have these moments at different points in the rivalry. I remember halftime of the the game with Limbo and at quarterback there. There was some nervous energy in that press box mm-hmm. um, asking, like, oh, is this – they need to go away from when? Like, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, when, when J.J. Weaver had the strip sack, he scoops it and then just stumbles on his own feet six yards from the end zone, and you can't turn that into a 17 nothing lead. It's like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like yep. that, that was uh-huh. that was the point where I was like, "Well, this is how they lose, right?" Malik comes in, he gets a touchdown drive before half, uh, and you're just like, "Okay, well, this is this is how it happens." Now, I forgot that that was like the one side of Malik that's like actually good, where he makes plays in space. And then uh, I was quickly reminded, "Oh, this is what happens when you just put pressure on Malik and he folds like a chair," uh, because the second snap of the half, uh, Kentucky sacked him. And it got in his head. And then on the second drive, uh, they they blitzed him again, and he just blindly threw it into triple coverage for an easy interception. So, yeah. It, it Our analysis was spot on going into this game. When Bra- we, we talked about it on Friday, no big deal. We did a show on Friday. 
It's mm-hmm. just, you know, not again, no, no, no huge deal. But we talked about it on Friday and we said it's so strange when talking about U of L in this game, you, you almost never have this happen where it's like, well, who really cares who the quarterback is? It doesn't matter who the quarterback is for U of L. If, if it's Brock Doman, then you probably won't have as many big plays, but you may not have as many mistakes. And uh, he ended up actually making a pretty nice throw, and he also had a mistake, uh, a couple mistakes. But Malik Cunningham was going to be your more boomer bust guy. Yeah, he'll probably do some things where uh, he'll break down the defense, make a big play, score a touchdown, but just be patient because that dude will give it back. He will give it back. He'll give it back. Um, and those things, both those things ended up kind of being true. When Cunningham was in there, the defense was maybe a little bit more on their toes. However, uh, they ended up, getting some some huge plays. He ended up getting hurt again, which I think we also predicted. Um, not that like we were doing that. He just gets hurt every game. Every yep. single game, that guy's going to get hurt when he's playing mm-hmm. in it. So he gets hurt again, and and it was what it was. Shout out to Kentucky's defense. Just this season, unfortunately, it, it's going to get lost in the UK football history as just time goes on. But th- I think this was one of the more special defenses of all time. With UK and Stoops, there's just been so many good ones that this one, even more so, will get lost in the shuffle. But this season is ugly if this defense isn't special. Uh, They weren't perfect the entire season, obviously, uh, and they were banged up at times, very banged up at important positions. But they just fought and fought and fought. And you saw a lot of guys, Roush, grow up right before our eyes. And throughout the entire season, again, not perfect, but really, really consistent. And they saved one of their better performances, in my opinion, for for last. You could make a case. Louisville shouldn't even put a point on the board. That one drive by Cunningham was solid. And then Doman made a really, really nice throw there at the end of the game. So you got to give them credit for those. But both both those drives, Kentucky had chances to get off the field. Uh, but overall in the game, just so impressive. And even with that, and that's why, and shout out to Ruffalo, obviously, we'll talk about special teams as the game went on. But that's why Stoops probably calculated and analyzed do we keep kicking these field goals with a shaky special teams unit? Do we keep doing this? Do we keep doing this? And I think his thought process was no, some points better than what U of L will be getting, which is no points. And if we can keep getting some points and add it to some points and some points and some points, it won't matter because Louisville's getting no points. And if they happen to end up scoring here or there, we'll have enough when that time comes. It ended up being exactly true. So shout out to UK's defense all season. They were they were special and uh, really really good and fun to watch against U of L on Saturday as well. Yeah, and. They've been a special defense without any superstars. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be on the first or maybe not even second team all SEC. Um, They just haven't had the individual production. But as a whole, they've been outstanding. And Saturday, they they made the big plays that really changed the game that the Kentucky offense needed. Um, And shout out to them. It's been a lot of fun. Love seeing DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones get healthy enough to be able to play uh, on senior day, and they, they both needed one tackle to get to 300. Square got his on a third down stop, and then Jacquez got it on a, a fourth down stop, which that was a huge sequence of events there in the first quarter where um, replay overturns the scramble uh, for a first down on third down, and Louisville goes for it on fourth, and just the Cats were there to eat it up. Jacquez made a huge play. wasn't really close, and uh, – Scott Satterfield was losing his mind. That was fun. That was fun. That that was the um, 
that that was the point too where it felt like they emotionally invested a lot into that drive and when they didn't get any points out of it it was just really deflating for that Louisville sideline that was great it was good clean fun um I do like you know we we I shouldn't say like we joke about it but we talk about it maybe tongue in cheek is the right right way to phrase it but just how bad the ACC is and how well, the the SEC it's one thing we got to remember in this rivalry game the SEC is just better Kentucky's gone against better competition better teams blah 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 and that was on display on Saturday. Uh, Florida State, I think, the only ACC team to get a win over an SEC Man, team, and they they got it by the skin of their teeth too. And they did, and and yeah. and yeah, and Florida would probably be kicking themselves, but Florida wasn't really all that all that great of a football team. But it does make you wonder. Like Louisville had a solid season. I, I, I you know I think their fans were a little disappointed. They certainly would want that Boston College game back if they if they could have it. But like it's a team that showed some growth. It looked like they were dead to rights. They rallied after the Virginia game, and they ended up putting together a pretty solid season. And had they beaten Kentucky, Satterfield probably already has a contract extension, and that's not a joke. He probably already has a contract extension yep. by the time we're on the air this morning. And their fans are over the moon. A great recruiting class. Satterfield gets extended, and they they're probably really excited about their bowl game and the, and the direction their program's going. The point that I'm getting at, though, is Kentucky once again manhandled a U of L team that we were led to believe is the, a top 25 team in the country. Uh, if Stu, if like I think Kentucky could have won the ACC this year, uh, you know, struggling as like as much as this team struggled, they lost to Vanderbilt, which was a head scratcher and certainly a bad loss. Uh, seeing South Carolina beat Clemson on the road, I think Kentucky could have won the SEC this season, and that would have. Uh, you're not going to get that luxury. We're happy to be in the SEC. Part of the reason Kentucky recruits at the level they recruit in is because they're in the SEC. But it's just it's another annual, annual reminder that when we eventually get into Kentucky playing Louisville or an out-of-conference opponent, that it's it's different. It's a different type of football. It's yep. a different caliber of player than what they see most Saturdays in the SEC. And luckily for the Cats, it's a benefit. Well, and you can also tell by the officiating too, because my God, those guys—what a bunch of idiots! Like they're just really—they were clueless. clueless. Like it's one thing to just make bad calls, but it's another thing to look like you've never been on a football field before. And the other thing that killed me too, TJ, the burden of proof for a hold. Holy crap! Like it it felt like every play I was watching Dion Walker with his hands up, just trying to like get a flag, and sometimes. They would sit there and they would go pulling for it, and if they couldn't get it out right away, they were just like, eh, "Actually, I'll just let that one go." It's like, what? Oh, it was. It was. It was, that it was one, they not only did call it, but it was like 15 seconds after the the penalty had happened. Uh, yeah, they they were bad. I, I thought they were consistently bad, which I you know I'd almost rather have that than than more inconsistent. I, I don't think one side necessarily totally benefited from it one way or another, but the the personal foul stuff, like look. Gosh, I, I so badly would do anything if we could just not ever have to waste my time with offsetting personal fouls. Oh man, drive like, me nuts. Just come, come up with they need to come up with a hand signal for it. Just so we like do like a little twirl or something, or do like three skips and a twirl, and that's how we know like offsetting personal foul penalties. I'm not going to waste people's time even explaining it, but nothing happened. Nothing is going to happen. The, the, the game the game moves on. 
And because they just they, they do it, they talk, they get the numbers, they write them down. I get it. If you get multiple personal fouls, you blah, blah, blah. They're not going to kick somebody out for multiple personal fouls unless they're fighting. They, they, that was so annoying. And the reviews. I'm sick of that, too. The, the, the offsetting one that happened around the 20-yard line where, like, the Louisville guy just punched the Kentucky dude, and yet the Kentucky guy got a 15-yarder as well. It's like, mm-hmm. what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. No, it's... It was, it was bad. ridiculous. Bad, bad yeah. crew. Bad, uh, not not the best officiating. But it, I don't think it really impacted like the outcome of the game. So at the end of the day, you can't get right, right, right. It's just it's it. annoying to watch um, at times. But Kentucky won. Uh, they did it in a way that they've won most of their games this year, which felt like almost out of in spite of some of their their play calls offensively. I was losing my damn mind up in the press box. Um, but they found a way to get in the end zone. Uh, another time I thought that they were going to mess it up is when Will Levis runs in for a touchdown, and then you got a holding call, call it back, and it's like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, but, nope, they, they were able to find Dane Key in the end zone. He got a nice touchdown. Bayon Brown, both the freshmen uh, reached the end zone. But there was a lot of times where it's just like, just, just put them out of their misery. Um, and it instead led to a bunch of Matt Ruffalo field goals. He – he, he made four, and TJ, it felt like the first one. I, I, I forget what the down and distance was, but it was a pretty – maybe like a fourth and three, fourth and four. Uh, and it was kind of in no man's lane. It was either go for it or kick a 43-yard field goal. And everyone in the stadium was shocked when Ruffalo went out there to kick that field goal. And you could feel the tension leaving the room when that thing sailed through the uprights. Yeah, uh, you you could. I said uh, before they kicked that, I said, you're going to hear an incredibly loud reaction one way or another. Like, sorry, almost, if it's in, it's going to be one of the the happiest field goal kicks you're ever going to hear at Kroger Field. And if this bad boy doesn't go in, oh, man. it's Because it was. It was kind of like a questionable, you could go for it, especially with how the special teams unit had been up to that point. Uh, but he made it, and credit to him. Uh, made all of them. MVP of the game. Got the cool little baseball bat. And I, I, I think you just got to be happy for the kid. Yeah, you, yeah. It's A lot of this stuff hasn't been his fault. Some of it has been his fault. At the end of the day, you know, just, just make kicks. But we talked about it on Friday again. The holds, the that all gets to a kicker's head. You're, there's timing to all this, and if the snap's just like slightly off, or if the hold's slightly off, then it really probably isn't on the kicker. If you're talking to people that actually know what they're talking about, but that being said, you still just want to see the ball go through the uprights. It's a total game changer when you feel like you can't get points on the board. It can take the life out of an offense, and it certainly can take the life out of a defense. He answered the call each and every time, and. That had to be a cool moment. He'll remember that the rest of his life, and 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 that's awesome. So I'm glad he was able to uh, to have that at Kroger Field on on such a big day for him. Yeah, and they also um, <laughs> I love that after the game, he's like, it was it was kind of cool, you know, senior day. My parents come down and to the field, to, you know, congrats to celebrate, and I hear you know a group of fans chanting my name and. You know, sometimes there's just kids who just want your autograph. They don't know who you're for. And it, it, I, I could feel the specialist, the self-deprecating specialist in him being like, uh, they're, they, they, they just want anybody's autograph. They don't care who it is. But like, it's like, no, they were actually chaining my name. He was like, it was it was pretty cool. And 
So it was a, it was a heck of a way for him to go out. Um, but it, it, it really did like kind of show this season in a nutshell where they could be great. Good could be great, but didn't do the things to, to be a great team consistently like scoring the red zone or just get points up when you're in scoring opportunity. Uh, that game would have been a lot different if they did not have his 12 points to, to get those, uh, those, those, those guaranteed scores when you at least had a chance. Um, they missed out on a lot of those this year. Uh, th- this year it's, it's going to be a lot about missed opportunities when you evaluate it, TJ, but 10 years from now, it'll be one of those like, oh man, we really let that one get away. But, you know, for seven and five beating Wolves on Florida, like you, you've had worse. Like it could have been much worse, but you, you at least did that, right? You at least beat a couple of your most hated rivals. You had a winning season. So it, it can't be the worst feeling ever, but you're, you're, you're always going to be asking what if. For sure, and injuries more than probably any other year in the Mark Stoops era played a huge role in this year. And two two plays, two plays from a nine and three season. Uh, somebody on the text line, I'll just jump ahead on the Thornton's text line. By the way, we love Thornton's. No better way to celebrate a winning weekend than popping into Thornton's and getting yourself whatever you want: breakfast sandwiches, sweet treats, healthy fruits. Whatever you want at Thornton's, they're going to have, and they're going to have for a fair price. And if you're new to Thornton's or you haven't downloaded the Refreshing Rewards app, you've been going to Thornton's maybe your whole life, but you didn't know they had an app that you could use on your phone, download it. You'll get a free breakfast from Thornton's, breakfast sandwich, and drink of your choice. Check it out today when you get an opportunity. Uh, But somebody on the Thornton's text line talking just uh, about the game or, or talking about the they said what sucks, what stinks is UK dominated the game again, but the scoreboard doesn't show it like in the past. Um, the, the alternative would have been a lot better. It caps off a solid season with a lot of ups and downs to it. Um, but I, I think what you're, I, I, Rash, I think what you, what you said is right. We're going to look back at this season probably not in a negative light, but in a, uh, that one. That one was hard. That one was frustrating. Yeah. That being said, though, we did talk about in the preseason that, like, if this was the disappointing year for Kentucky football, seven and five, I think we even threw out that number because we said, hey, all the all four of those road games are going to be somewhat challenging for UK. Down in the swamp, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Those, you know, those are solid teams on the road in the SEC. Those you you could theoretically lose all of them. Well, let's say they had lost all of them and then they lost the home game to Georgia. Well, there's your seven and five. Again, I don't think people would have been thrilled with that. Like, hey, you got to find a way to win one on the road in the SEC if you want to have a halfway decent season. It didn't work out that way. You ended up getting two on the road, but then you gave the Vanderbilt game back, which made it even, you know, that one was, that one kind of stunk. The South Carolina one. Uh, they mentioned that the South, another texter on the text line mentioned that the South Carolina game doesn't look so bad when looking back at it. I don't, I don't really think – like, I the disagree. South Carolina game, win or loss, the score won't matter to me. My my thought will always be, Roush, if you have Will Levis in that game, you're winning that one. So there are more what-ifs for this season than probably mm-hmm. ever before because it's not so much South Carolina ended up being a good team or they kind of took it to you, 
my whole thought process is you're probably you probably win that game similar to this U of L game if you just have Will Levis. Probably wouldn't have been the prettiest thing in the world, but you're coming out on the right side of the scoreboard. So it is a weird season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing too, wins and losses change how teams perform. And like uh, you know, I don't I don't know if South Carolina they aren't beating Clemson if they hadn't beaten Tennessee the week before that sort of thing. But also, how much confidence do they have if? Uh, you know, if K- Kentucky doesn't hand him a win at, at home. So I, there, there's a lot of, of playing that what if game. Uh, Mark Stoops says he's not going to play it. I might play it because I'm a blogger today and like, why the hell not? Um, but you had two bad penalties cost you two games. Uh, the, the game against uh, Ole Miss where you have the illegal formation, then you have the hands of the face against Vandy. It's not a three season. You take care of those games. And that that's what this one felt like going into it. Um, bare minimum, right? Uh, but that wasn't the case. That did not happen, um, unfortunately. And it's 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 particularly unfortunate because even though you mentioned the schedule, uh, you know, those four road games, like, you know, you, you be tough to win all. Or it's going to be tough to win those. You could lose all of them. Next year's schedule, don't look at it if you don't want to feel like th- this one was much more. Uh, felt much more winnable in certain spots than next year's will be. Instead of Ole Miss next year, you get Alabama. <laughs> so that alone is going to make things more difficult. You got to go to Georgia. Like it's, I don't believe they have eight home games. I believe it's just seven. So yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, you, you you let one get away this year, but all in all, you still had a winning record. You beat Louisville and Florida. Now you're going to get to go to a bowl game. Um, so, you know, well, I I hate this we- this one week of waiting in between two, TJ, because in this week we're going to get a lot of, well, this could happen or this could happen, and and I don't think there's going to be a ton of action. Um, we can get to that after the break. Uh, but, yeah, we're now, we're now kind of playing a waiting game to see where Kentucky plays next, who's going to be a part of that game, and uh, who's going to be a part of the future of this program. We always kind of will mention how tough Kentucky's end of the season schedule could be. Next year, Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State, Alabama at home, at South Carolina, at Louisville. Yeah. I mean, that's going to suck. Like, they could. Yeah. But they ain't losing to Louisville. Tell you that much. The Louisville fans are like, it's good. You know, I think they're next year. We close the gap, and next year we overtake them. I mean, but they—they're—they're going to replace a bunch of twenty-four-year-olds with a bunch of eighteen-year-olds. Like you think that's going to work? And and look at all the players that were best for Kentucky on Saturday. Oh yeah, with the the exception of Chris Rodriguez. Although you see the message board rumors about Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Stoops also. When I asked, because I was I was impressed with Jatah McLean that. like, I mean, he looked good. And I, was like, and I was like, you know, you don't got much, you don't have much more time for Chris, but Jatom looked good. And Stoops kind of like, it's like, I, you know, I don't know about all that. And then went to talk about Jatom. And it's like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to try to talk him into coming back. Get the nil folks, whoever, get Mr. Nil in Lexington to open the wallet because here, here's going to be the, the appeal. Here's going to be the pitch from Kentucky is that, we we want you to succeed in the NFL. We hope that you do. But does the NFL love you? 
they never really have. Have do they? Uh, did you do enough this season to kind of change their mind? And maybe you're just not going to be a player that's ever going to really get big NFL opportunities. Come make probably over a million dollars potentially with nil at UK. Then you can get your NFL tryout when you can, but at least you'll have that sweet, sweet nil money in your pocket. And they can present the finances of it with, you know, like what a practice player makes versus what potentially he could make with a, a huge nil year at Kentucky. However, I, you know, I was ready to like until, you know, I started catching wind of that Roush that like maybe, maybe there's a chance. I'm not getting my hopes up by any stretch of the imagination. But I'll say this, like I, before I had heard that after Saturday's game, I was ready to come into our show today and be like, in a similar boat that we didn't do with the big blue wall last year or like we didn't do with Austin McGinnis, uh, let's appreciate Chris Rodriguez and know that things at the running back position probably aren't going to look nearly as good as they have now for the last six or seven years. Like, There's going to be a recoil to this. Um, you're just going to have probably running backs that are solid but not some of the best in school history, and we're going to notice that stuff. And we're a lot of fans are just going to expect the running back position to always be a strength of Kentucky football, and that's just not how it works, similar to the offensive line. Like, we should have known with the players that had left, and especially some of the NFL talent that was on that offensive line, they were going to take some steps back. Yeah, Austin McGinnis was the best field goal kicker in U.K. history. We should have known after he left that you, the kicking games were going to have maybe some rough years. And then Ruffalo ends up uh, having his, his his saves his best game for last, which was really cool. But we'll, we'll have that with Rodriguez someday. If we could push that off for another year, Roush, that would be that'd be a real treat. That'd be amazing if they're able to somehow convince that guy to go back uh, to school for one more year. And it'll make that – I don't know if I'd be more excited about the offense or defense for next year. And that's not even knowing who the quarterback would be for Kentucky. So you, you get Chris Rodriguez another year with those young receivers to get a year older and so many potential options that tied in and an offensive line that I don't think is going to be worse. I think it can only get a little bit better on offensive line, and you're probably going to add a piece to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a lot centers around them being able to potentially convince Chris Rodriguez to come back for another season. <sighs> You'd love to see it. You really would. Because that guy, he's, he's, he's awesome. Uh, runner. He had – Average five yards a carry, got 120 yards. So it was it was about half of what he normally averages against Louisville, but he still got to that 120 milestone for the third straight year against the card. So uh, Chris Rodriguez now 4-0 against UofL. Malik Cunningham 0-4. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right. Jatan, I thought, ran hard. I was impressed with what he saw. But if you, even, if you can dangle the Chris Rodriguez – carrot stick in front of my face. like yeah that all in on that he's your most important recruit he's your most important guy in the transfer portal if you well maybe quarter maybe quarterback is uh but chris rodriguez is right up there right up there with the best of them scoots what'd you think of the black helmets uh i thought those were really good looking i i hate the and i've made it clear in the past i hate the kentucky logo that was on the side of them but all in all i thought i thought it was a really good looking helmet That logo looks fine if you use it in the right situations, like on a helmet. Yeah, that's probably where it's best used for. I, I'm just my my wife had this take, and I kind of agree with her. If you're going to wear the black helmets, just wear the the cold jerseys with them. You know. Yeah. No, Rouse, you're right. That that logo looked the best that I've ever seen it look on that helmet. I'll, I'll give you credit there. Uh, The thing about that logo is, and Rouse, you and I have said this before, but like. 
you know, just use it, use it at all. Like people don't like the logo. They do like the logo. Maybe people just don't even like really know even all that much about it, or they haven't even gotten to see it on UK jerseys that you don't even know if you like it or not. Um, I totally agree. That was the talk at our tailgate. Once the black helmets came out was like, well, I hope they don't wear blue jerseys with them. I hope they, you know, they, they, I just want to, all black look like I like not an anthracite like or coal look I want like an all actual black look um and they didn't do that so yeah I think they could have maybe looked better but I thought that was the perfect one game a year helmet special occasions don't bust it out too often and that was cool it was cool to see UK football do something like that they haven't really always done that and they they uh did it to the dirty birds right just like here we're gonna pull out all the stops and really Really tell you to suck it. We're going to talk more about the game. We'll get more about just the game day atmosphere. I ran into the sack pack and intern Jacob. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue. In rare form. Uh huh. We'll talk about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, Don't go anywhere. Peter huh? Walker and the Grouse, Justin Gay. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh, you may feel like nothing now, but look on the bright side. You used to be something, and nobody can ever take that away from you. Welcome back. Winning Monday, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio. Scoots, you make sure little Howard, he's not going anywhere, okay? I can confirm he is still here. Safe and sound? Safe and sound. Right where we left Suck it, Rutherford. Yeah, suck it, Trevor, too. Oh, man. Really thought you were going to get a a double on that loser, too. Yeah, I mean, I think you all know that, like, Green Bay's, done i'm not expecting anything i do think i accurately accurately predicted that that will be the last time we'll see aaron Rodgers this season although he did so, say he did say after the game he's like as long as we're in playoff contention i'm gonna try to go out there and play but jordan love looked pretty good yeah that that's my that's my confusion so why why would this be the last time he played because so he's dealing he's been dealing with like nagging injuries uh, which he always kind of deals with nagging injuries, especially when the season's worse, which like I'm saying that somewhat sarcastically, but also like if, if Green Bay doesn't have a chance to win a Super Bowl, then you really shouldn't be having Aaron Rodgers go out there taking unnecessary hits at his age. Like, yeah, you should. Some, he's you not should somebody that, love can get you. He's not somebody that you like need to, hey, make sure Aaron, hey, the season's lost, but make sure he gets some experience and, you know, he can kind of work with some of the guys. You don't care about that with Aaron Rodgers. He, you just don't want him to get a serious injury or another concussion or uh, do anything with his knee. So I've been thinking that they were going to shut him down at some point this season anyways, just because the season has gone south. And then you got reports all week that, like, he's actually got this crazy, insanely painful break in his throwing hand. 
It's like the dude has a break in his throwing hand, then of course he's not going to finish the season. And then before the game, the sideline reporter, she was saying, she was like, yeah, in warm-ups, a lot of his balls were not spirals, and he looked like he was in pain. And maybe it was because of the wind, but it was kind of unusual to see Aaron Rodgers throw so many lame ducks. And I was like, oh, well, then that's it. Like, this will be his last game for sure. If he's in warm-ups throwing, like, open to thousands of people seeing, throwing lame ducks and not tight spirals, well, then this is going to be it for him. And sure enough, he gets taken out in that game, Uh, although that was a rib injury, not necessarily the, the hand thing, although I'm sure that wasn't feeling well. So yeah, I just I was putting I was putting two and two together, Roush, and just figured that was probably going to be his swan song for the season. Hope to see him again, but I also don't mind if Love is going to be the future of the Packers. Then this season you can actually make this season worth something, and that's Love getting a lot of good development. Yeah, yeah, uh, that could be a positive for your organization. Uh, I, I I watched a little bit of that game, uh, but that was the. The only game that it's least NFL I've watched all year, all year. Uh, yesterday it was all just like, all right, let's get our lives together. Let's put up the Christmas decorations, all that. Uh, of course, when I got the Christmas tree lights out, half of them just were duds. So had to make an unexpected Walmart trip. So you know, uh, but we 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 got the indoor ones knocked out. Uh, gonna have to put the outdoor ones up as well. It's, I think I'm shooting for Tuesday on that, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how the weather cooperates. Uh, well, that's but the, um, that's the nicest weather day. You, you've planned this out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how I was looking ahead. Cause in the thing too, the, the wind not finally knocked all the leaves off the trees. So I feel like that's when I need to, to attack, um, just get it all done, get it all over with, um, clean out the gutters. I mean, just all the really annoying painstaking stuff. So, uh, we've got that on the docket. I will say one thing I did discover this weekend, um, because we, we have shifted over into full Christmas mode. Uh, Duke's a big fan of Snoopy. Uh, just thinks Snoopy's hilarious. We watched, uh, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and the Christmas and he's a big fan. So that was, uh, that was a positive, uh, positive development at the Roush house. That is, that's, that's huge. Uh, we got some of the indoor Christmas stuff up yesterday as well, but similar to you, the weather was pretty nasty, uh, so didn't do really much of anything with the outside stuff. Uh, also was thinking yesterday, like, thank goodness the weather, because that that was going to be the weather for Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Until on, like, what, Friday, I think? Yeah, they basically were like, all right, it's actually going to hold off until postgame. So. Yeah, we're, it's a little delayed. So the weather Sunday is what they thought it was going to be on Saturday. And I don't know, Roush probably would have lost like 15,000 people from that crowd had the weather been like it was mm-hmm. on Sunday. The crowd was great. I think that was the best UK L crowd for since it's been moved to the end of the season. Now, of course, Louisville fans, as we talked about, I, I don't get like where they all are. I'm and my friends included. None of my friends go to that game, have any interest in going to the game, care to go to the game. I, wild to me. I, you know, if they didn't go every two years, then that would be one thing, but they, they never go. Um, so they, U of L doesn't bring anybody, but even then Kentucky fans showed up in huge numbers. That uh, what did you, do you agree? You think that was the best crowd that since this game's been moved to the end of the season? At Kroger Field, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and the one bummer is that there's always just the students aren't going to be as out and about because they've kind of thrown in the towel on the year. And I don't mean like on the football team, like just the school year is basically over for them. Well, a lot uh, of them are on break too and not 
not yeah like a lot of them are just going to come home and they can't even you know the freshmen can't even live on campus wait what they they during break they shut down during break there's a few dorms oh yeah yeah you're right there is some dorms where yeah they won't let you stay you gotta gotta go you gotta they don't open back up till like 7 a.m on that sunday Um, we did have our guy intern jacob there and he was uh (laughs) it it was so funny because he was he was hitting all of us up pre-game um, you know, oh my God! Season, I just gotta call him out. I gotta call him out for this. I was driving up there, and he kept calling me, but he'd hang up after like the first or second ring. And so one, like I was driving, so there's a decent chance I wasn't gonna answer anyways, and I was just gonna text him. But two, even before I'd even have a chance to answer, even if I was going to, it had it had hung up, and he wasn't even texting me. So that was annoying, intern Jacob. Don't do that. <laughs> He saw me at the catwalk. It was Rouse, Rouse, Rouse. And he's in like, uh, you could just see the mischief on his face. He had a very mischievous look about him. Um, and he got very fired up when I threw L's down uh, at him. He was he was very happy to see that. But the, the thing about intern Jacob that I, I, I really appreciated and loved is, uh, you know, third quarter rolls around. Rouse, what are you doing after the game? I'm going home. Like, I, what do you mean? What am I doing? After that? Dude, come to Mexican. It's like, do you think I just like the game ends and I just like leave? Like, I, I, they're working for so <laughs> like eight thirty nine o'clock or so. Got home around eleven. Like, I, Jacob, you were he was probably passed out by the time I left, right? Oh, no doubt about it, for yeah. sure. They they had been having a fun day, him in the sack pack, just living it up as they should be, college students, taking it all in, one final ride. Uh they were they were having fun. But so I get to the state, I get to the game, and they 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 were trying to meet up before the game and they told me where they were tailgating, but I didn't I, I wasn't gonna go over there. Uh, I didn't have time to go over there with the time I got to the game. But anyways, I was like, hey, I'm I'm outside gate four. I think I got the gate right this year. I'm outside gate four. If you want to come say hello, you know, we're tailgating out here and they call or he calls and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm at gate four. And I was like, well, just walk till, you know, you see a tent, there's a TV, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Oh, I'm inside the stadium. I was like, enter Jacob. The game didn't start for 30 minutes. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not inside the stadium. No chance. I was like, you know, they don't serve beer in there, right? Like, I'm I'm still out here tailgating. But we did eventually meet up in there. I also got the invite to Mexican. Uh turned, you know, turned it turned it down, obviously. Couldn't couldn't make it happen. But it was good seeing them. They were having a lot of fun. They were just they were being pretty, pretty bold. They were throwing L's down just in anybody's face that they saw. <laughs> oh, about like Barry on Brown, who I mean, it was most of the catwalk. He was just throwing L's down. Um, and then I love that he knew the camera was on him at Kroger Field when they went to him for a punt return. So he made sure to get L's down on big camera as well. I saw I was, when that happened, I was like, okay, let's chill out here. Like the last thing, because it was fourth down. I was like, we don't need you to get a penalty and then them get an automatic first down and us not even get the ball back. Like, well, thankfully, these were like, they weren't going to do that. Uh, it's not like horns down where like you, you basically murdered a baby in midfield if you do horns down in the middle of the game. Uh, in front of Big 12 officials. But that it, I, I love when you have players that know the cameras on them and they respond accordingly. That's just that's just always fun. So for I what it's worth, like I, Brown. I got a FaceTime from intern Jacob on Saturday, him and Sack Pack, and I was kind of confused because it felt to me like Jacob was 
irritated that you gave them an L's down, Roush. I, I don't know if they wanted like a wave or what, but it, it was not uh, it was not the no. excitement that I was expecting Jacob to be like, Roush gave L's down. It was more like Roush gave us L's down. Like what an idiot. No, he they were mad that Roush didn't come hang out with them. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense. It it was like all we got was an L's down. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Oh, oh goodness. I'm glad that we we, were going down this road here because Adam Luckett, he big time his home tailgate and his his hometown citizens were furious. Wow. Wow. Right past his hometown tailgate, right past it, saw people. So and didn't even look up from his phone, just kept walking. So Adam Luckett officially big time, too cool to say hey to the people that 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 you know back when he was back at Big Oots, his his original read, readers. I were I wasn't there when this happened. It was See, when I got thing, I, I got to the was, gate and everybody was talking about they, they like three different people came up and they were like, "Did you hear about Luckett? Did you hear what Luckett did?" And I was like, well, what happened? What tell- Somebody's got to tell me what happened here. And they're like, well, he walked right past us without even looking at us. And, oh, boy, there's drama there, Roush. Well, the thing was, I was with Luckett, and when we arrived around noon, they're, they're just what – I didn't think they were out there because I had my head on a swivel. They said, no. they, saw, they said they saw you, and they were like, well, we didn't expect Roush to, like, come say hey to us. He, you know, he's your friend. Uh, you know, he's more than welcome to, obviously, but it, 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 was, it was all Luckett. Oh man, I get, you know what though? We were all business on Saturday. It felt like there was a lot happening uh, pregame between the senior day stuff and uh, uh, who's going to start a quarterback for Louisville. Like I, I did more work than I normally do in the press box before kickoff. Um, oh yeah, then they had that. We found out the helmets. So we it was kind of a there was a lot going on. So you know, maybe 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 give 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 the guy a break. Uh, no break given, unfortunately. Wow. That being said, no I break given. I wasn't there, so I'd be willing to to hear Luckett's side of things, but um, I, you know, I, I was not there. I thought the the tailgating scene was solid. I thought, again, like I said, I thought the crowd was was really really good. Um, into it, Roush, there were a plethora of L's down. That seems like that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh yeah, and it's it's so great because like Louisville fans can't really retaliate with anything. And so people love it. They can't get enough of it. Uh, I I was a little, I, I I thought there might be a little bit more raucous tailgating atmosphere because it was a night. It was nice weather. Um, I don't know if holiday plans kind of threw people for uh, a loop. Now, I mean, they they showed up in droves once the game got started, but early on, it wasn't as an excited crowd as you get in some of those September games when. People like their lives are just centered around tailgating. So I'm sure that might have played a role in it. But I did appreciate uh, the people that showed up for the catwalk. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Oates was there uh, for senior day. And I love there was the the crew that gave him the the flag they've been waiting, the 22 flag they've been flying all season long. I thought that was a, a cool gesture. Really cool to see him stand up on senior day, um, see all of those guys out there one final time. Um, and, and a lot of them uh, played big, you know, uh, really were at their best. The only the only gripe I had is it was really odd when they announced Chris, and it's like 
Mm-hmm. Every like they're giving him the staining O, and then they're you hear Carl Nathy just yell Cavassier smoke, and it's yeah. like, why didn't you just save Chris for last? Yeah, what what it breathe a little? Uh, did did they just forget about smoke? That was uh, that was that was that was bizarre. A lot of people commented on that, and they said that like honestly, the the biggest loser of that was like smoke because it he kind of got like a an underwhelming reaction. It was after so- people just went bonkers for Oates, but it was kind of right. like, all right, you know, we that, that that was our big cheer for the seniors. Uh, it, it, our, you know, that, that was our big hurrah, and then the smoke, and people were like, oh, okay, golf clap, yeah, we love you, Cavassier. But yeah, I, that was also kind of, I thought that was strange a bit. But cats get the win. We've got a lot more to get to discussing it, talking about the game, the X's and O's, what's next for UK, what's next for Will Levis, what's next for the team which bowl games we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And then we got a fun text line that we'll get to a Thornton's text line. When we return for our number two of Kentucky roll call on big X. Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be back. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here Roll on Big X Call Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Uh, ended up being a nice day Saturday, as we've mentioned a couple times now. I was happy that I had my Shady Rays out in Lexington at Kroger Field. Uh, it wasn't the sunniest day that you'll ever have, but the sun did poke out, and especially in the winter when the sun's real low, it can make – got to have them when you're driving. I've got to have mine when I'm driving. Go to ShadyRays.com, perfect for the holidays. You can get 25% off by using promo code BIGX. And remember, if you're buying them for a family member or a loved one or whoever you're buying them for, you can always get the replacement pair for yourself. It's a little secret of the pros. Uh, If you order Shady Rays, you're going to get this promise that if they're broken, lost, stolen, or you just want another one, Scoots can mute his station microphone. and then you will get a total, total re-up on your order. They'll send it right back to you. You pay a small processing fee, whether they're broken, lost, stolen, or you need them replaced, they will take care of you. Or if you get them in 30 days, then you'll just get a money-back guarantee if you don't like them um, for whatever reason. Wrong size. I don't not sure how you'd have the wrong size or they don't fit whatever whatever problems may arise you don't like the way that they look you'll go ahead and you'll get a new replacement pair so check them out today shadyrace.com promo code big x for 25 percent off we want to hear from you on the thornton's text line we are going to get into that probably to start the hour 502-414-1450 is the thornton's text line uh, and we'll probably get into that here right now scoots what did you make of the game what was your analysis? Any thoughts? Um, so, unfortunately, I did not get to watch like I would have wanted to. So, Thursday night, I came down with a somewhat of a, a scratchy throat. 
And then Friday, after getting off the air with you guys with the show, I felt like complete garbage. My whole body was achy. I was chills. I had chills. So then I came in here Friday night to do the Rutherford show, produce for that. And then when I got home from the Rutherford show on Friday night, everything until about Sunday at noon was a blur. I had such a crappy weekend. So I watched it. So I watched it, but I didn't like I wasn't watching it in the mindset of, oh, I have to talk about this on Monday. I was watching it in the mindset, well, if I get through this game, that's four more hours of this day gone, and then maybe I'll wake up tomorrow feeling somewhat normal, which I did. So Sunday I felt felt pretty good. Today I'm still a little bit under the weather, but I'm feeling a million times better than I was. So but all in all, I thought, I mean, I think you all pretty much touched on it. It was just a thorough ass whooping if we're being honest i mean it was louisville looked good in the beginning parts of the game but then once kentucky found their groove and really started putting points on the board you kind of had the sense that okay this this thing's over louisville i don't i don't know why louisville kept doing the why did they start the game with dolman and then bring in cunningham cunningham either had the interception or the fumble whatever one it was and then you bring dolman back in but cunningham was the only quarterback that was getting some semblance of success against this kentucky defense so i just i didn't understand louisville's whole mindset between switching back and forth between those two guys yeah i think they wanted to not use Cunningham if they didn't have to, then they felt like they had to, and then he got hurt again. But they, I, the thing I most had scratching about U of L for me was why they abandoned their running game. They were having some success, just finding some holes, getting you know six, seven yard gains, and then they kind of went away from it. And I thought they passed too much, and then they got down, and they kind of felt like they had to pass. But I don't think if I was a U of L fan, I wouldn't have been thrilled with the game plan offensively. Uh, against against Kentucky. I want to thank Scott Satterfield, though, because um, going with Cunningham and then getting away from the running game, like the outside zone running game was, was hurting Kentucky. Um, to start the half and just air it out with him, uh, love that decision on my end. Can't imagine loving that decision if you're a Louisville fan because it just led to one mistake one mistake after another. Well, let's see what some of the texters have to say about it on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, and these texts may be all over the place, just depending on when when they came in. But a texter says, first and goal from the six after the Weaver fumble recovery. Everyone in the entire world knew we were running Rodriguez. Run a play action and get someone wide open. Now it's third down, and this ACC crew has no idea what they're doing. I, I thought the offensive play calling from UK was pretty much how it's been all season. Underwhelming. That was a game that should have been a blowout for the Cats, and it was more just their inability to find the end zone. More of the same. It's been an issue all season for Kentucky. So I was disappointed with Scangarello, but still liked what the offense was able to do in some small doses. You talked about the Dane Key touchdown pass early on. I think that was one of Levis. I think that may have been Levis's best throw of the day. There was a lot of traffic there. Not so much. It was one-on-one coverage, and Key was it was easy for Key. It was easy route for Key, uh, but it was a tougher throw for Levis. I actually think that like when we're going to look back at Levis's season, I think the most impressive thing he'd do is sometimes get balls in tight spots, whether through the line of scrimmage or linebackers. Uh, this one was a line of scrimmage thing. There was hands everywhere, and how he got that one through, I was I was surprised by. 
but just far too often having to settle for field goals this season or miss field goals as it was for a lot of the season until Saturday uh, was a frustrating thing. So I wasn't I wasn't blown away by the offense rush, but they did enough, I suppose. Right, right. They they did enough, but it was a lot of the same old same old. Because uh, to this texter's point, I feel like that would be the easiest time to just air it out, right? You 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 go for the kill shot, um, and then we we saw more two point play, um, just on execution. There's just there's just not a lot of execution at all. So yeah, I still want a, a change of that position. You think it's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it did not happen yesterday. I still think it will ultimately happen. Um, my former ex boss is alluded to kind of wanting to cake bake on some of it. I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know why you would mess. You know, wait around. I don't. I don't really see the the logic in it. Um, but yeah, it. You can. If you look at the numbers, you say, okay, this wasn't good. It, like, I, I just don't know which way you spin it in that, like, to, to keep him around for a year. I don't know what the, the reasoning behind it is because. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one, like, one scenario. Okay. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, like, I don't think this this happens. I don't think it's true. But if if he got, if he had publicly, like, Dane Key and Barry and Brown come out and be like, Scandrell is my guy. Love that guy. I'm riding with him. Oh, okay. Well, then you'd have to, right? Like, then he'd have to come back. But mm-hmm. anything short of that, anything short of like the team basically begging for him to come back, I, I don't, I don't see how you do it. There's mm-hmm. big ex- expectations for the offense this season. I get it. Coming in year one and having to kind of put in new things can be challenging. I understand that the offensive line also has been one of the worst that Stoops has had, just because. It, you lost a lot of pieces, but it was far too underwhelming. And the issue was you saw a lot of good things throughout the season offensively, but you could never consistently see a lot of good things, which makes you wonder why that was. So I I still would prefer change. But if you had a bunch of the players come out and be like, no, we, we like him. We think it's a good system. You just we, – we, we didn't execute it as much as we should have. We need a, a slightly better offensive line to do some of the things we want to do. All right, then whatever. I'm fine with that. But I, I don't see that happening at all. Because you just had so much to work with, and you, you just didn't – it always felt the same, right? You can move the ball, but you can't score once you get into the red zone. Can't score a touchdown. So it was a, a long, long just – Ugh, slog at times so I, I don't I don't see any reason why you'd end up keeping him around but that and, and I also just don't know how many dudes you you pull the plug on or not um, but it, it, it feels like there's going to be uh, multiple so um, which speaking of we might as well touch on the coaching carousel while we're at it because uh, Brad White or not no, Brad White Luke Fickle, another defensive guy, it got hired by Wisconsin. So that was, first of all, just a shock because I think everybody just assumed Jim Leonard would get promoted. Uh, Badger for life, Jim Leonard. Uh, he did not. They went for Fickle instead, swung for the fences, and I think a huge gift for them. Uh, kind of fits the culture there. Smart for him to get out before they go to the Big 12 um, because you, he, it feels like he's kind of I mean, he took him to the playoff for crying out loud, you know? Um, and going to the Big 12, I think it's hard for a defensive coordinator 
to like uh, uh, just defensive coach, defensive team in general to have a ton of success there. Um, I know Gary Patterson did well for a while, but that's just it's a very offensive league, and it's only going to get more offensive when you you see the teams that go in and out. So I get it. Um, I would get why they would maybe consider Brad White at Cincinnati, um, but I think for the the reasons I just mentioned about defense, it's probably not in their best interests. Um, what I'm most worried about, TJ, is not Vince Marrow getting targeted for that job. It's actually uh, the the Bearcats going after Brian Hartline because I want Brian Hartline to be the next Kentucky offensive coordinator, not the next Cincinnati head coach. And if Hartline Hartline would follow the 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 hiring model they took with Fickle, right? You get the old Ohio State guy who's got ties to the state who can recruit well. With Fickle gone. Like some recruiting doors open, right? Where you, you, some of those guys, they pick Cincinnati over Kentucky. Um, you can get some guys in this class. It opens things up in the future, unless Hartline is the guy that takes over there and he can keep that 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 train rolling. So just don't do it, Cincinnati. Don't don't give don't throw him a bone. A lot, a lot to take in there. First and foremost. Great hire for Wisconsin. I don't think it was a good move for Fickle, and I, I disagree with your your takes about Cincinnati to the Big 12. I think you could even say that was a bigger reason why he shouldn't have left. Like, now you get to go to kind of a, a weaker Power 5 conference with the college football playoff expanding, and you've already got stability, and you don't have to worry about job security at Cincinnati ever. Like, yeah, you know, for Wisconsin, I'd get it for some other places, but for Wisconsin, a place that is just – will forever be a tough place to recruit at granted a very weak division but right. sounds like those are going away here soon in the big 10 with ucla and usc joining that they're going to shake those things up uh and switch that up so i don't know if that's as nice as appeal as it looks but it i i, I found it fascinating if nothing else and i don't think it's bad news for kentucky to have a shakeup in cincinnati so uh, i'm all for it good best of luck to you luke fickle but uh, the the vince stuff to cincinnati was a no offense to Vince. We all love Vince, but that's a complete joke. They're not hiring Vince Marrow to be their head coach with where their program's at right now. Like, if you were a Cincinnati fan and they hired that dude, you would be furious, and rightfully so. Um, and also, I read some different Cincinnati message boards or blogs, and I didn't see Vince in any list, and one list had 15 people. So yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, he is not going – to he's not going to Cincinnati and any reporter trying to suggest otherwise is probably friends with Vince. And I, and I'll also say this again, like Vince, like him a lot, been on this show, but we, we're not, we don't need to do the old song and dance with yeah. like raises and stuff like that. Let's focus on getting our salary pool. Let's, let's, let's spend some money on some other assistants. Let's make sure that uh, this recruiting year Roush, I don't think, I don't think it's really horrible, horrible, but it's also not necessarily taking a step forward. I think most people would agree. Let's get some other recruiters in here as well. Some other, you, you, there's going to be some shakeups. All right, let's make sure the people that are coming in also have some good relationships with top talent throughout the region. So uh, I don't want to do that song and dance this year, Ralph. Well, and the thing that, first off, people are kind of fatigued by that, I think. Like, that's not a... I, I, I don't think you're going to get a bunch of people all up in arms over like rallying around Vince by doing this. But the worst part is that like he's probably going to do this again when Jason Candle leaves Toledo. And that's a job he could actually get. And it would make a lot of sense for both sides for him to pursue. 
But like nobody, nobody cares. Like nobody wants you to Vince Merrill to get a raise to be as equally as paid as Brad White. Like every, I think, I think most folks believe he's well compensated. So playing the, I, I just don't think it's it. Folks have the appetite for it right now when their eyes are more set on like, all right, let's spend a bunch of money to go get the best offensive coordinator we have, like we could possibly get. That that's the priority, right? Absolutely. Not, that not, not, not playing this this game again over. And it's not just a Vince thing. I, I, you know, we mentioned this last week, but I'll bring it up again. Uh, Stoops, you said you'd love to give some money to the recruits or the nil. Let, let's just throw it to the assistant pool, like we talked about. That will that will make everything better. That will help nil. That will help uh, everybody get more money. So, you know, if you want to be generous with your money, let's let's give it back to making sure that you can put together the best staff that you possibly can. Try to make it one of the better staffs in the in the country because you're paying Stoops top ten money. Should ideally be a top 10 staff. Someday, Roush, you'd ideally hope to be a top 10 program. Mm-hmm. We'll check out. That's what you're working towards. Also, shout out to the Louisville fans, especially Lachlan McLean, that just continue to like want to tell us how to feel about Mark Stoops. Just always cracks me up. Oh, wait, is Block trying to... Yeah, like, I, you know, yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of the Stoops hire, which... I, I don't know if any of you all have done this. My brain has already moved to 2023. I don't know how that is, but like I, whenever I do math on the year, I, co- I go uh, from 2023, so yeah. and, and it's really ugly. But anyways, it's been 10 years since UK hired him, and I, I used a really funny picture of Mark Soups. I hope he doesn't mind. Uh, he looks good in it. He looks mean. He looks serious. He looks like he's ready to, ready to go beat U of L again, probably. But Locke was like, 32 and 50 in the SEC. I, it, I bet it's been a really fun ride. Uh, I mean, he's a Virginia league. and a Louisville football fan. It's a tough, like, league. What you, like, it's what a tough league. We wish it was probably better, but you're also taking his first two seasons. He was, what, 2 and 16 or 2 and 14, I think, in those years. And uh, you take you take away his first two seasons. I think he's a game or two below 500. So, Which, do you want me to pull up the fun stat real quick, TJ? Please do. So, Mark Stoops started his career. Oh, dang it. Oh, no. It was right. Okay. So, he started his career at 12 and 26 through the first two games of 2016. After the 12 and 26 start, he's 53 and 32. 62% winning percentage. Like, yeah. And of course, those people are just idiots. Like you just lose all context and nuance when you just you do. use the overall record. And a few other things you need to do in an exercise like this. But at the end of the day, again, like UK fans as a whole are happy, not thrilled with this season, but where the program's at as a whole and where things have been trending, happy. Mm-hmm. But uh, two, two, two more things you got to look at. What was UK doing before Stoops was there? What does UK do historically and traditionally? And then secondly, what are what are coaches doing in the SEC since Stoops has been here? Why is he the second longest tenured coach in the SEC? How is that happening? And if you'd have to, I, I'd love to see what their answers to that would be. Uh, Locke would probably go the route of you know, the other places just have higher expectations that they make the changes that Kentucky won't, but Kentucky's just happy with ho hum. No, all these other places are impatient. They do upheavals, and then they can never really get solid footing for the most part. Uh, you will see a couple coaches catch some fire and and have some success, but for the most part, 
it's everybody's trying to like catch national championships instead of just worried about building a good program, which is what Kentucky and Mark Stoops has done. SEC is tough. It will always be tough. It's tough for the best teams and the best programs in the country or in the conference. Alabama at times struggles. Georgia's going through a really hot streak, but they will too at times struggle. It's a tough league. Um, but I love that they like they they just want us to like not be happy. I don't get it. It's like they want us to not be happy with Stoops, so maybe Louisville can start winning games. I, I don't understand it. I absolutely love beating the doors off those guys. It makes me very happy. Every year winning that game is a lot of fun. So uh, they the, the smack talk for U of L fans is running out. But what I would tell them is you do have basketball season. The UK U of L rivalry, it's heated and it's hostile. But the good news is you only have to take smack talk for about a month. Uh, a little over a month, and then and then you'll get to play the Cats in basketball on New Year's Eve, and, and maybe you'll get ba- bragging rights back, and whoever wins the basketball game, Roush, then it's 11 months before the teams play again in football. So, like, that's that's the one you really want to win, right? Because then you got forever to be able to talk about it. So, U of L fans, don't feel bad. You do have the basketball game coming up, and maybe that will go your way. I just, just wanted to look and see what – the athletics coaching carousel thing had to say about the Cincinnati vacancy. I've got Rick Minner in this article a couple of times before no Vince Merrow. Okay. I would hire Vince Merrow before Rick Minter. Well, the the reason why he's mentioned though, I just, I, I was, I, I double took when I saw that name. It's because his kid is the defensive coordinator at Michigan and doing well. And Minner previously coached at Cincinnati, the, the pop pop. So that's why he's getting, mentions is because his son's very good um, okay got gotcha but i was very i was like wait what <laughs> it was very much a double take uh but it would make more sense for cincinnati to hire toledo's coach and then Merrill's a candidate at toledo than him being a candidate at cincinnati so uh, yeah there's there's that um while, while we're talking uh, around the college football though a uh, big shout out to another former uk assistant john summerall got a 10 win season 10-win regular season this first year at Troy. Could have been 11-1 if not for that Hail Mary at App State. Uh, they're playing in the conference. Uh, they're hosting the Sun Belt uh, Championship uh, next week against, I want to say, South Alabama. So, big big shout-out to the Trojans and John Summerall in his first season. No, they'll play Coastal Saturday at 3.30. That's awesome. Congrats to him. He seems like he is going to be a star of a head coach. Yeah. Yeah, his stay yeah. at Troy probably will not be will not be a long stay, I would imagine. Yeah, I was even thinking if Lane went to Auburn, like Ole Miss probably gives Summerall a call. Um, he previously coached there. He recruits well down there. It would make it, it, I, I would think he would be on their short list. So uh, really having a ton of success. And then shout out to the Brom squad, the Brommer makers, uh, beating Scoozers, Hoosiers, and going to the Big Ten Championship next week to take on Michigan. Big old suck it, Scoots. Hey, we made it close for a little bit. We ma- we made it interesting. I know. They were playing with their food in that first half. I'm like, what the hell's going on? They were. Just scoreboard. An- enough yeah, enough to give me hope. Pocket, goodbye, Scoots. I-, I thought my lock was a-, a for sure lock this week, especially while watching that game. But then as time went on, I was like, mm, this is not good. Should have faded the Hoosiers one more time. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and can we also just take a moment to laugh at Auburn? Because, my God, what a disaster that's been. Um, they Maybe they put their, their 
cart in front of the horse with the Lane Kiffin stuff, and then it leaked that they're zeroed in on Hugh Freeze. Then Hugh Freeze goes and gets his ass kicked. I mean, they got destroyed. Liberty got ran off the field by Jerry Kill, and I mean, it was forty-two to seven, absolutely demolished. And I, I know that they were facing some back. Like it, it, it reminded me, TJ, of the Greg Schiano thing, where they're using the other stuff as an excuse for they just don't think he's that uh, much of a great coach. Um, like it's like, yeah, well, he's a bad guy. We don't want him. And it's like, no, you just watched him lose forty-two to seven and be kind of ho hum at Liberty all year. That's why you're you're you have some trepidation. Yeah, uh, I. <laughs> Does Auburn ever have a game plan before they hire a coach? Have they ever had a game plan when they hire a coach? Have they ever got into no. a hiring process and been like, hey, here's what we're looking for. Let's just everybody calm down. Like, if we if we go this route, we may hear this. If we go that route. No, it seems like they go into every hire and they're just like, should we should we call them? Let's call them. No, don't call them. Don't call, call them. It's the wildest goose chases of all time. And there's a reason why. Alabama has just broken Auburn. Nick Saban, I should say, has broken Auburn. They're broken. They're broken. I don't even know what the answer is. No, it's it's bad. It's bad. And meanwhile, the other schools that were in the similar boat, we we mentioned Wisconsin, you know, hitting a home run. Uh, Nebraska at the same, you know, they were going through the process at the same time. They announced Matt Rule on game day. They get kind of that, 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 that national media bump for timing that outright. Meanwhile, Auburn's wheels are suspended, and it's it's so Auburn. It is that, so Auburn. I think it's a great hire for Nebraska too. I don't know if anybody's ever said Nebraska's made a bad hire though, and here they are still just constantly making hires. So uh, there could also be some other stuff going on with their program instead of just the head coaches. But uh, I, I I love that hire. I when when U of L you had that report that if. U of L lost to Virginia. Satterfield is going to be fired. I was worried they may hire Rule, and you'd have a Ruleville situation. Ooh. But really, in all seriousness, besides just a fun name, I think it would have been. I would not have wanted Rule at U of L. I think that could have been dangerous. So glad that you get to avoid that. And also, would he have taken the U of L job is a whole different story as well. But um, I'm happy. You know, I think U of L is probably going to keep Satterfield and they won't be in the coaching carousel, but I, I had my eyes on who they could potentially hire. And we're just getting started on the coaching carousel, all things considered. Oh, yeah, yeah. This bad boy is going to be turning for quite some time, so hold on to your butts, folks. Texter says on the Thornton's text line, I hope we don't look back at that terrible play calling on their six-yard line because we freaking decided we were good with a field goal instead of trying to get a touchdown. Ended up working out. Weaver scoops mm -hmm. and scores, and the game's over. I did have yeah. a feel that if you get up 17 nothing there, that you may just – their spirits could be broken. Field goals instead of touchdowns may not sink uh, UK against UofL, but I think it shows that a change needs to be made at OC. This game should be a blowout. My, my friend's dad and I had a fun back and forth. Um, it may not have been fun for him. Like, it was joke. It was like, you know, we got in – like, we were going – when UK scored – to go up 16. Roush, I was screaming, like, go for two and make it 17. Go for two and make it 17. And he said, no, you never chase the points there. Just make it a 16-point game, and then they got to get two two-point conversions. It ended up not mattering, and we both agreed that most likely it probably wouldn't end up mattering. But would you, did you agree in that situation? Were you thinking about that? I think you make it a three-score game instead of a two-score game. You absolutely because do. 
Because, yeah. like, just getting – I mean, they already have to get one two-point conversion. That's pretty hard, right? Like, all things considered. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I would go for the three-score game. At this point, well, and I said that, and I was like, listen, two-point conversions are hard. I get that. They're still going to have to get one of them. But if you have if you have the opportunity from the three-yard line to say, hey, this is going to be a three-possession game versus a two-possession game, and you are the ones that are in control of that – you absolutely do it. You take advantage of that. You, you you take that opportunity if you get it. There's some common sense things about Stoops that do frustrate me. Overall, happy with Stoops. Overall, happy with the state of the program. But, like, just going to halftime there was really frustrating. And then the just that that's like a little, you know, hey, make it a three-possession game, two-point conversion. Instead of what, what's the difference between 15 and 16? One extra two-point conversion, big whoop. Uh College kickers miss field goals, too, from time to time. They could potentially even miss Mm -hmm. the the PAT attempt that they have. Uh, That and then just deciding not to go for any points at all. And they missed a really bad pass interference call there, and then there was kind of a bogus holding call against Kentucky. But you still had timeouts. You still only needed probably two completions to even have a chance potentially at a field goal, not that we'd feel all that great about it. But you probably only needed one completion even just to do a Hail Mary and let Will Levis throw the ball 50, 60 yards because we know he can do that. But instead, Stoops was just content going to halftime, not having any momentum, and it kind of feeling like Louisville was the not the better team, but the team that had more going for them. Just they had the juice. It. They had the juice. Yeah, that's a better yeah. way to phrase it. So those things were frustrating, but it was a well, win. You can't and and they, they would have done that if you didn't get a t- you know cheap holding call on uh, DeKel Crowdis, uh once Chris Rodriguez got that drive started, right? Like, that was I, – I thought it was ticky-tack. It uh, was. I, mean, I still think even after the holding call, you still could have gone – you know, you still could have been aggressors. You just have to trust, like, Levis not to make mistakes, and I don't – maybe they didn't Maybe they didn't trust him. Maybe they, I just – I don't know. I, I hate just, like, waving the white flag and being like, yeah. yeah, we only need one completion to have a chance at some points, but let's just go to the halftime. Um, we need to go to a break, but I did want to get to some quick breaking news, TJ. Breaking news! Uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge is ending this week after 23 years. Uh, the Big Whoa. Ten is going to Fox, taking their ball and going home. So the Big Ten ACC Challenge is dead. Boo. So is the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Boo. But that's because we're getting an ACC-SEC Challenge. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. So... Um, uh, instead of Duke or instead of Kentucky, Kansas every year, it'll be like Kentucky, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, maybe Kentucky, maybe Kentucky, Syracuse, probably not. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for this. Yeah. Great news. Huge news. Woo! I hadn't seen this. That I sucks. hadn't heard about this. Hate it. Andy Katz. Getting, getting back in the scoop game. As long as they don't like do UK U of L as the, like, as long as they don't somehow make that the game. Then I'll be happy with this. You say goodbye. Like, who are the teams in the Big Twelve you'd even care about playing? West I Virginia, mean, I think, was kind of fun. Kansas was obviously the big one. So you say goodbye good. to Kansas, but you can still schedule that game anytime you want. You Te- see them Texas is going to the SEC. So. Yeah, Texas is going to the SEC. And did they ever actually play Texas, or did that just did all the? Did they, I know the COVID canceled one of them. Did they ever COVID actually canceled one? They they did play. I think. Uh, I think the 2014-2015 team played them in okay. the in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and it was an ugly game, and UK won by like seven or eight or something. Nice. If they're going to have that, the same number of teams, why wouldn't the SEC and the Big Ten do this? 
I'm so I'm so irate. Oh yeah, that's awesome. The Big Ten just gets totally hosed. Right? Have like, what? Well, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, have yeah well, Kansas State. No this kidding. Is what, this is the this is what happens, Scoots, when you you take the money and you run over to Fox like a bunch of nimrods. Rouse uh, probably means we're going to get UK playing at Cameron, which is cool. Oh yeah, that will be cool. That'll oh, be cool. Good call. Yeah, good call. But this is what this that was my first thought. This is what this means. We're going to get Kentucky probably playing at Cameron, and we're going to get Duke coming to Rupp Arena. Duke coming to Rupp Arena is going to be uh, Ghana's just pouring it on Korea at this point. By the way, in World Cup FIFA action, suck at Korea. <laughs> um, but hey, you know what, Scoots? You get to go watch uh, Cincinnati probably, Ooh, right? Yeah. Big Twelve Challenge. Ooh, uh, BYU's in the Big Twelve. Maybe you can go to Provo. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so excited about all of this. Woohoo! You God. could get uh, what a joke. Oh, TCU. You could oh, get, the Horn Frogs. Jamie they got Dixon. a great pool. Jamie Dixon. Man, I, I have nothing to add here, guys. This this sucks. Ruined my morning. I will say we probably should have mentioned like <laughs> a couple teams that have played in some national championship games in the Big t- in the Big Twelve in Baylor and Texas Tech, and when talking about programs in that league, eh, and that UK Texas Tech game was cool. But like, yeah, would would we have cared if Texas Tech came to Rupp? No. Like, it would have been a fun game, but it wouldn't have been anything that really moved the needle. Oh, yeah. This is big time, baby. Love Man, it. Absolutely love it. Good breaking news there. Let's go to our last break. We'll get through as much as the Thornton's text line as we can. The Cats beat the cards, and we're talking about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back. One final segment Kentucky Roll Call here on Big FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Fun show. Fun show today. Never a bad one. Recapping Kentucky's win over Louisville. 26-13. to I feel like we've done a good job kind of breaking down the game, talking about Saturday, anything we missed regarding the Governor's Cup. What the hell is up with the Governor's Cup? I'm guessing somebody dropped it that day uh, because when I would see it in the, the like the trophies out in the lobby before we do interviews, never noticed anything wrong with it then. So I'm guessing it got mishandled at some point. We saw pregame pictures and it looked fine. So I'm guessing it got dropped at one point during the celebration. But that's I feel like that's something you can easily fix. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Slacks had mentioned somewhere, I don't know if it was on like her Facebook page or something, that they replaced the top bowl. But then I agreed with you that like I thought it looked very like the you know the pregame picture they took with the helmets. I was like, that looks like the normals Governor Cup. Although then I zoomed in on it and I was like, actually, I don't know if it is. It may be, it may not be. I don't know, but it definitely got dented. Whether it was a new bowl, a replaced bowl, whatever happened. The the replacement one, if it was a replacement, did get dented, and um, 
It looks really ugly, to be honest with you. It's kind of weird. Like, it never looks really ugly in UK hands, but it... I don't know what the hell was going on with it. I saw some people saying it looked like a ranch boat, but I don't really eat ranch, so I don't know what that means. A ranch boat? <laughs> Somebody's eating way too much ranch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. Oh. You know what's not gross, though? What's that? Salsaritas. It's actually the best. Um, that That's what we need. We need to put queso in the Governor's Cup and get some wildly addictive mm. chips, that would be a, just an outstanding idea. A great way to celebrate on Governor's Cup Monday after a win. Going to Salsarita is one of their two locations. The Middletown one's really popping right now. They got the drive through too, so it's real convenient uh, if you're out and about in that Shelbyville Road area. Stop on in. Uh, use the app when you go to to save yourself some time, some money, Salsarita's. It's the best. It'll warm you up on a cold winter's day, uh, whether it's their nachos, um, their spicy salsa, their wonderful queso. Uh, now I'm drooling again. Uh, woo, salsaritas. It's it's simply the best. I can confirm after doing just minimal, minimal research. That is a different bowl on top of the Governor's Cup. Here's what I bet happened. The Governor's Cup is like 110 or 20 pounds. It's super yes. heavy. Yeah. And... I bet what happened was they had to replace the top bowl for whatever reason. I don't know. And then whatever they replaced it with was not nearly as strong as what it used to be with. So I bet when people started grabbing it and pulling it, it started to kind of bend and mend because mm. it's not the normal whatever it is. But the reason you know it's, it's a different one is because the normal Governor's Cup trophy, super reflective. Anytime you see a picture on it, You'll see people oh, in the, the background. Yeah. You'll see the reflections. Yeah. This one is not reflective. So they definitely replaced the top bowl. Now we need to get to the bottom is why they did that. And when are they going to put the cool one back on there instead of whatever travesty this thing is? Very good point, TJ. Especially just the the weight of it at all. We saw how Will Levis picked it up where he kind of pressed it over his head. If you had multiple people doing it, the thing's going to bend. It's just under the, oh, yeah. the pressure of it. It just is. No, no doubt about that. But uh, luckily, it'll be in good hands while we figure out how to fix it and, and replace it. Uh, gosh, you L fans probably forget what that thing even looks like. <laughs> been so long. <sighs> it's been so long. Man, they've only had it one year in the past seven. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. What what were you doing in life in 2017? Um, I know I wasn't even married. Yeah, I was. I was also not married, man. I still might have been living at home. Actually, I, I, I bought my first house around that time. Um, but man, it's just a been a long time since the cards have had that cup. Excuse me. What, what were you doing in 2017? Um, that was coming. That was the year after the lottery win. So. I was probably easing my way back into work. Yeah, just getting back into it. I uh, I also had a – there was a funny moment in the press conference where you had an almost like, well, at least there's basketball moment from one Louisville fan who asked, what's our record again? Is it one and six? Somebody had to correct her and say, no, it's 0 oh and six. Mm, yeah, the Chaminade game was an exhibition. Sadly, didn't didn't get to count on the – uh, on, the, on the record. Uh, they get Maryland, I think, tomorrow. Well, 
Wait. Big conference game, right? No, no. Maryland's in the Big Ten. It's oh, okay. ACC Big Ten last year of it, supposedly, per yeah. sources. Uh, Roush on the show here, just the last segment. And then I think they play Miami, Florida, and then Florida State. Uh, they're probably going to be 0-9, most likely. Before I think they'll get their first win, and then they got somebody really bad. But I guess you really – like Alabama A&M or somebody. But I guess you really never know. If you lose the right state and some of those app state, you can maybe lose to just about anybody. But, uh, yeah, they're, they, they've got a few more losses coming down coming down the pipe. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, field goals instead of touchdowns may not sink UK against UVL, but I think it shows that a change needs to be made at OC. This game should be a blowout. I was happy with the win, but I, I kind of agreed with the texter that even during the game you, were, you couldn't help but think, like, this offense, come on. Finish drives, finish drives, find ways to keep the success going all the way to the end zone. They couldn't do it. Love some of these texts rolling in from in the game. Has Keidra Smith quietly been our best transfer this year? You never really see him get burned, and he has been a fantastic open field tackler. He hasn't been talked about much, but he really has put together a productive season. That's probably a good thing when you don't talk about a cornerback a ton. It means they aren't really throwing at him a lot. He had a really nice tackle. Uh, in the hole, we're like just sometimes TJ from your various vantage points in the stadium, you can see a play develop. And from where I was at, there was a nice hole in the outside zone, and Keedron just filled it perfectly for like a one yard gain instead of chopping away like they did in the first half. So he he's been a he's been a quality quality addition to the Kentucky defense. Zion Childress was somebody I wasn't expecting much from this year, and he was impressive for for what we from what we saw this season. So he he's right there up there as well. Really came on late. Uh, that sack celebration he had was awesome. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was that was just awesome, right? To to do yeah. it kind of back in the own red zone, and then to throw the L's down. Like, oh man! So he he's he can be. I think he's got three years of eligibility remaining. So like the fact that he got some quality reps and I mean had to be I mean he had to be a starter by the end of the year but that moving in the right direction moving in the right direction yeah that's a guy they got from Texas State that a lot of people were kind of scratching their head at the staff can identify talent they did they more times than not do a pretty good job of that Valentine hasn't made a tackle in a month and now he's given up a fourth down and touchdown on this drive good grief that kid drives me nuts I thought overall he played a solid game I'll say this, though. After UofL scored, shout out to the offense for getting as many first downs as they did. Yeah. yeah that was that. really impressive. That was, Those were huge. Each one, you could tell just the life was draining out of UofL. And, Roush, I really did think we were going to get to a situation that, like, UofL was going to get an onside kick to maybe have a chance at a Hail Mary or something like that. Because I thought UofL would get the ball back. They'd have five minutes or so. They'd have some timeouts. UK would do their – normal soft coverage everybody playoff sort of deal and they would you they'd let U of L eventually score but hope that U of L had taken up you know like four minutes a clock or something like that to do it I did think that we were there's a chance we were going to maybe get an onside kick but UK was able to chew up a lot of clock take all of U of L's timeouts and then obviously the defense did their thing eventually when U of L got the ball back and there was hardly any time left anyway so uh, shout out to the offense there that was a huge drive yeah, and that's that's one thing where they did buck a trend because there's been times this year where they could have ground the game away and they just haven't. Yes. Um, so yeah. that was that that was uh, certainly a positive. Then you know a lot of credit to Chris Rodriguez for helping grind that game away. 
That dude's uh, a man. Speaking of Valentine, too, he he dropped like two interceptions. Like that, like Kentucky forced two turnovers. Was it two? no three? Three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Felt like they could have had five. Um, and the Cats did not turn it over at all. Uh, Kentucky still hasn't committed a turnover against Louisville since 2018. That's insane. And also, like U of L was one of the better teams in the country at forcing turnovers, yep. and uh, Kentucky just flipped that on its head. A texture says Screen Gorello's play calling is why we're not. Not up 40 points on these fools. That South Carolina loss doesn't look as bad as it once did. Louisville fans are already saying we shouldn't be happy about beating the backup. Ha, 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 ha. Louisville fans love to tell you how to feel. Yep. Um, when they're the ones who probably feel like losers. Oh, they're losers, all right. No bigger <laughs> loser than the state of Louisville Twitter account, though. Holy smokes. Real bad mm. night for that person. Yikes. What stinks is UK dominated this game again, but the score doesn't show it like in the past. They doubled them up. They got doubled up. They got doubled up. You can't win a game if you're getting doubled up. That's a fact. But it, it, it all it also proved too, like yeah, the offense has kind of been what it is, you know. Like they, I, I I don't expect Kentucky to ever score more than thirty points a game with Rich Gangarello there. I'm just kidding. They, they didn't score forty once this year. With those guys. And, you know, this is a bigger picture thing, TJ. But in 10 years, Kentucky said three top 50 defenses. Or, excuse me, top 50 offenses when it comes to yards per play. Two of those three, they were nine and three. If you have a top 50 offense this year, you're nine and three. Ooh. Easy. I Easy. don't think there's really – I don't think you can really argue that all that much. And uh, same thing can be said, you know uh, – I mean, if you had a top 50 offense, you're probably 10 and 2. The the other year that they had a top 50 offense was Lynn Bowden, and they just went to it too late. So, Texture <sighs> says, what stinks is UK dot. Oh, we got that one. I know it will be like Wednesday before you get to this text. Hey, you're wrong. <laughs> Don't worry. Love KRC. Even you, Scoots. But the amount no. of cope coming from the, the state of Louisville Twitter account is hilarious. He's literally yelling, we were louder as an insult, as if we have a mediocre crowd for the worst season in five years and still owning your team is bad. Hilarious cards fans need to get some perspective. That's another strange thing is that like, where, where, where was he sitting? Like in the heart of the U of L section at Uval had one of their worst crowds I've seen at Kroger field for this game. And secondly, they, they were not louder. Like the UK fans, I thought it was a really good atmosphere. Uh, the student section wasn't like it w- would be for a Florida game in September, but it, I still thought the student section was really good. It cracked me up, Roush. They gave out towels to the student section. Did you see the towel chain that they made? Uh, I did not see the chain they made. No, I just saw them swinging it. They 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 attached from like literally from one end to the student section, almost like catty corner to the other. It was just like a chain of towels. And instead, you can't do like beer snakes because they don't serve beer. So everybody just had their tiles tied together. And I think it was causing a lot of issues because people like needed to cross the aisles and like get around it or step over it or whatever. It instantly got almost as soon as it got big enough where people were noticing and laughing about it. uh, It got it it got broken up. I think Mitch Barnhart instantly was like, no, too much fun. It was funny to see. Uh, We'll talk bowl predictions tomorrow, Roush. But what's your guess? I. It seems like to me it's like UK needs to make an appeal for the Gator Bowl and hope that they can get that. And if they don't, then they may just have to bite the bullet for the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, uh, which I would I'm, – I'm all here for the Liberty Bowl. Would love to go to Memphis. Haven't haven't been there before. 
Um, so I would I would enjoy the Liberty Bowl. And it's earlier in the week, too. Uh, just a little bit more convenient for all parts involved. Could go watch Devin Booker play John Morant. Um, so, I, I yes, I've already planned out my week there. But I think it's it's kind of going to be a crapshoot the way that the, the chips fell. Um, you know, my former ex-boss said, you know, he's not – he believes Music City is on the table. Um, but, like, UK would still want to go there, uh, even though it is at the same time as the basketball game. It's in probably the best window from a viewing perspective. Like if you want the most eyeballs, like it's leading into the college football playoff, uh, so it'll it'll get a huge rating um, that Saturday, and it's it, but it's all going to come down to matchups. So I, I'm I'm at the almost like throw it against the wall and see what sticks. I just don't see the Gator Bowl being a a, a, a possible because you were there relatively recently. And South Carolina is going to be ahead of you in this pecking order. And so will Mississippi State, I would imagine. Uh, and it looks like LSU is going to drop down to the Citrus Bowl. So I think that's kind of LSU, Citrus Bowl, um, Mississippi State, Tampa, South Carolina, Gator, and then, and then the rest of them kind of duke it out for the others. Yeah. Yeah, it, that could very well be the scenario. Um, we'll find out Sunday for sure if it doesn't leak before then. But – you win one or two more games, you're not so much worried about all that stuff. That's the way that it goes. Uh, but Roush is right; it comes down to matchups. If you could get, you, you know, if you could get Oklahoma in the Liberty Bowl, I know that's probably unlikely. Then that may be the best matchup. You know, to get a win over them could be a big deal. Uh, if you got Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl, that'd probably be the best case scenario. Uh, but again, seems unlikely. But it's all about matchups. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. A texter says, good morning, friends. Alex from Colga here. It's been a minute since I texted in, but two big life updates. I got snip-snapped on the 17th and turned 31 on the 26th. No more kids for this father of four. On to the important stuff with L's being securely down for another year. It's portal season, 2022. Hoping we don't lose much, but if we add the right pieces and toss Scangarello, I'm leading the hype train. But any early tea leaves on transfers, Dekel Crowd has posted this on story on Sunday of J.J. McCarthy from Michigan and said QB1 is the mythical QB transfer Roush alluded to a few weeks ago, or is DeKel going to Michigan? Hope you all have a great day. If it was, if you're confusing McCarthy with Cade McNamara, uh, the backup, then that could happen, but that would mean Skangarola would stay. So I, I, I'm not reading too much into that one, Alex from Colga. I, however, I did see your boy J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati in the portal. I, I doubt UK will go after him, but um, he did pick Cincinnati over uh, UK back in the day. So there you go. It is also interesting, both UK and U of L in the trans in the market for a transfer QB. And there will be radio debates about which one will end up with the better one because they both are going to need to not come up empty there. My my, my ideal uh, is. Brian Hartline, new offensive coordinator. He brings McCord with him, the Ohio State backup. That's my that's my pipe dream. Would be pretty sweet. Uh, but hey, Alex from Colga, congrats on everything. Exciting stuff. Four kids by the age of thirty-one. Wild, mm -hmm. wild stuff. Good for you. A texture says, "So are we getting Dan Mullen or not?" <laughs> be a lot of fun. Should have done it last year, and I think this year is probably a lot different. Uh, Texter says, Rutherford's prediction was right. Scott's D indeed took a pounding. 
They've got like a big Scott's D joke going on. Mm. I'm excited to listen to UVL radio today. I'll tell you that much, though. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of the gaps getting closer. You're seeing it, right? You you see it, but you're right. You're you're losing. A, you're going to be replacing a lot of pieces for UVL, and then everybody that kind of dominated you on Saturday yeah, is right. young for Kentucky, with the exception of Chris Rodriguez. Uh, I we should mention before we get off Magwood and Chris Lewis both alluded to transfers. I thought Magwood would have a shot sticking around. Um, I, but, I think you know I get that, and you're going to get transfers. And if if that ends up being the worst of it for Kentucky, that ain't nothing to really worry about. But some of these guys should look at past wide receivers that have transferred from Kentucky and really think hard about if it's like best for them to do that. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, they were a little bit more highly touted as recruits. And worst case scenario, I think Summerall would happily take them in Troy. He recruited both those guys to UK. Um, but, I, I mean, I get it. You've still got three years left to go. They're bringing in more receivers. If you couldn't play this year a ton, then why would you expect more? So, I, I, I do understand it from that perspective. I definitely would, would wait to see who at least the OC is and then make that – because what if it's a guy that's like, hey, we're going to be rotating receivers in left and right because we're going to be running your running your butts off, although it is still Stoops as the head man. So, maybe not the case. Uh, let's see if we can get one more in here, and then we'll save the rest for tomorrow. I will say Scoots is absolutely murdering the DJ booth for Kentucky roll call as of late. I think he may need to look into becoming a DJ. Scoots, could you see yourself bopping your head in the middle of Gersel's on a Saturday night at 2 in the morning? Uh, No, because I cannot stay awake until 2 in the morning. But I have thought about, (laughs) I will tell you, I have thought about uh, at some point in my career making the move to like a radio DJ. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, aren't you technically a radio DJ? Well, radio. I mean, yeah, technically. But like one that literally just plays music all day and tells some fun facts in the middle of the songs. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. You'd be good at it. You would be Thanks, good pal. at it. Uh, uh, texter says, TJ, what's the deal with the bad score updates at Kroger Field? I'll get out. I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. I'll come back and start with that because I'm going to just go. I'm going to vent. Big oh, time. were they showing scores from like a month ago? Florida, Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they did that last week, too. They did it all. They had issues all season, and then the ribbon board across from you all didn't work either. Like it's a, it's a, it's an embarrassment. But again, we're out of time. We'll get into it tomorrow. Everybody, hope that uh, Scoots feels better. He's under the weather. He's brave and he's brave enough to come and do the show for us today. So we appreciate we appreciate you, Scoots. Feel better, buddy. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview the UK Bellarmine game. We'll finish this text line, and we'll have a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody for listening, texting into the show. Cats beat U of L always makes for a fun radio program. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Oh, okay.